RNZ National, we've had the great resignation and now we're on to the quiet quitting. Quiet quitting, it's the trend of dialing back your effort at work, usually unpaid overtime, in an effort to restore a better work-life balance. And it's gaining in popularity among younger workers who are fighting to reimagine the meaning of work and the workplace. Gerard Jared Hare is the Professor of Human Resource Management at AUT University and he's with us to explain the art of the quiet quitter. Kia ora, good evening, Jared. Kia ora, Karen. How are you? Not too bad. Good. Have I got your name pronounced right? Ha. Ha. Right. Good. Good. So the word quitting presupposes that you're walking out, but in fact, you're just doing what you're paid to do. Yeah. So it really is a bit of a misnomer and and I'm sure it's just... um, you know, the, it, it started in the States. It's a bit of a TikTok thing. So I suspect they, they went for quiet quitting because it sounds, you know, one, one word, you know, well, two words and it's quick. Where really it's just kind of work to rule. It would be the kind of old-fashioned terminology of what they're suggesting. So don't do any, anything more than what you paid for. Yeah, and I and I guess the the argument, and this is this whole Generation Z thing, has been, you know, that they're suggesting that they've been told they have to hustle, you know, and do all this extra work to be competitive, to be part of the team, to fit in, to be successful. And now some are saying, actually, that's really exhausting, um, and and I just want to do my job and and not a heck of a lot else. Um, and given that you're meeting your kind of legal requirements in an employment sense, they do have a fair point. It would be my argument around this kind of quiet quitting. Well, first of all, we really need to define the type of work because quiet quitting isn't an option if you're a labourer or you work in a factory or you have work like that. It's more white collar workers, obviously. Yeah, more the professional workers who do get the emails at, you know, 5.30 or 6 o'clock. Oh, I'm just reminding you to do this, for, you know, to finish the report for our meeting tomorrow. Well, actually, you know what, you gave me other work to do today and I never even got to it. So, you know, so so I guess part of that is definitely a, a professional uh, type of worker. And, and in this case, it's just people pushing back to say, actually, my work-life balance is more important. Sometimes it's not possible, though, if you're in that kind of a job, the kind of job where somebody, you need to do something at a certain time of the day outside of your work hours, you know, and you can't just um, not reply to an email from a boss, for example. Yeah, and it does become difficult, doesn't it? And and if you're on, uh, on above median income, shall we say, you know, if you're on a hundred grand, for example, you know, it's a bit hard to say, oh, no, I don't don't do, I can't do that at six o'clock, isn't it? Because we get this psychological pressure on us that we're thinking, well, actually, I am a a highly paid professional and somebody's asking me to be professional, um, you know, maybe they've, you know, got a poor time organisation or something like that. So I definitely think uh, part of it is that pressure, but if you were being you know, if you were doing this quiet quitting, you'd you'd put your you know end of the workday. You'd say, "Hi, I've finished for the day, and I'm and I'm I'm not contactable until you know nine a.m. tomorrow." Um, and if your boss emails you, you're just gonna ignore them. <laughs> Easier said than done. <laughs> really, Indeed. that is, unless Indeed. you've got it written into your contract right from the start. Well, I mean, and, th- and this is the thing, isn't it? I, you know, I think what they're looking at here. From that, especially from the you know younger workers, is saying that they actually feel like they're, they're working too much. 
And if they are working too much, then then in some respects, I've got a lot of you know, I've got a lot of respect for people saying, actually, I've I've done my I've done my dash, um, and and I won't be responding. And maybe you know, maybe the smart way to do it is is to be quietly quitting, but making sure you answer your boss's emails and say, hey, uh, hi, uh, unfortunately, I'm not able to do that. I'm visiting my sick grandmother or, you know, or making up some kind of uh, oh. response. So they think like, oh, OK, well, at least you responded to me, um, you know, and then and then perhaps say. Are you suggesting, are you suggesting we lie? <laughs> no, I'm suge- I'm suggesting that if if your contract says you know Monday to Friday nine to five and your boss is emailing you or or contacting you at six o'clock or seven o'clock at night, you do have a legal right to be kind of like, well, actually, that's outside my work hours, um, and and but you know you might be political and and play that. A little bit crafty. I see. Well, and managers, they, they have a responsibility to understand what their employees think is fair, don't they? I mean, um, not having that conversation, I think, personally think is a real failing in management. Just expecting someone to do something and behaving like it's just normal behaviour um, and, and not actually being upfront and having that conversation with an employee. Yeah, and I think we, we'll see the good managers respond positively to this and you know i i mentioned um this kind of thing with my my boss and she said oh i think it's a good thing that people are doing less of this after hours thing because like in, in our academic profession you could literally just keep going and going uh, and you know and, and we do a lot of international um connections so you have emails literally coming through the night non-stop and it's it is at least six days a week if not seven and she's saying you know, but I mean, so that's that good, you know, a good manager puts those boundaries in there and says, hey, I don't expect you to be responding to those things. So in effect, to be quietly quitting, I probably have to have a poor manager who's not interested in my, you know, my work-life boundaries and they're just trying to get me to work as much as they can, in which case employees pushing back with this kind of quiet quitting uh, is quite fair. But in a competitive world, Jared, there's always someone else who'll take the job. Well, well except in the current labour market where uh, you might be struggling to say, um, you know, to, to get a replacement. And I guess it is kind of one of those things is, is maybe just kind of understanding the relationship if your manager is, say, terribly organised and then trying to make sure you're keeping spare time available for these type of things. But, um, you know, we've seen countries like France and Portugal bring in legislation that says, you know, you're not allowed to contact your your employees after hours by phone or email um, because, you know, th- that's not their paid work time. And, and it's there just to kind of give employees, um, you know, kind of the, the break that uh, the last generation naturally had is because of all this technology. We can just be... You know, literally, you know, you get these things. Oh, I sent you a message, and I see you've, I see you've opened it. Oh gosh, how come you haven't done what I said? You know, and then you're like, oh my gosh, this bloody technology is, is my downfall. So, you know, so I think it, it is some kind of step here to push back. But I totally agree with what you're saying that, you know, for some managers, they they'll probably, you know. Uh, sit on that until pr- promotion time and think, well, actually, you're not quite the person we were looking for. Um, <laughs> they wouldn't but, put it like that, though. 
not in that meeting. Like that. They would not. Uh, you, you're no. a professor of human resource management. In my experience, Jared, human resources look after the management, not the staff. <laughs> no comment. No, no comment. comment. They, they, they can't all be that bad, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just very, very quickly, what do you call a work? How do you define a work life balance? What's it to you? Well, to me, I think it's just having everything in some kind of harmony. It's definitely not this kind of 50-50% breakdown. It's being able to do both those kind of roles successfully. And it might be that you say, actually, I work really hard, um, but I spend my weekends you know, dirt bike racing or whatever, you know, whatever floats your boat or or cycling or whatever. And maybe, you know, maybe you work 50 hours Monday to Friday to give you the kind of money and the time to spend your weekends doing whatever. So I do think it it does vary for everybody. Um, And some people will work 40 hours a week and and say they barely have any work-life balance. And and Conversely, their friend will work 60 hours and think they've got amazing work-life balance. So it is definitely that kind of individual thing. Yeah, Um, that's true. Everybody's different, aren't they? But still, 40-hour working week, supposedly. But, I mean, and that is that, you know, that would be by far the majority of contracts we have in this country, if if you're a full-time employee, would be 40 hours. So in some respects, you know, I've I've got a lot of time for people pushing back when their bosses are are expecting this on a regular basis, but they're not going to pay you for it. Yeah, that's right. Well, thank you very much uh, for quietly quitting, giving us a little bit of an insight into what it is and perhaps giving us some inspiration, Jared. (laughs) My pleasure. You have a good night. You too. That's Jared Ha, Professor of Human Resource Management at AUT University.